This episode is part two of our chat with Nikita Fitzpatrick, owner and creator of New Dreaming Art, about her journey to becoming a First Nations artist and business owner, cultural awareness, appropriation, and how to connect with your own First Nations community. If you've missed part one, we do suggest you head back to your library and have a listen because this episode will make a lot more sense if you've heard the first half of our story with Nikita. So head on back to your library and you'll be able to find it in your catalogue. And on that note, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record today, the Kabi Kabi and Gubby Gubby people. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters and thank them for protecting this coastline and all of its ecosystems since time immemorial. We recognise Aboriginal people as the original custodians of this land and acknowledge that they have never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respects to all Gubby Gubby elders, ancestors and emerging elders and any First Nations people listening today. But before we start, I just wanted to pop in and say that if you're curious about starting a nature play business or forest school, then you will definitely want to check out our signature online course, Your Wild Business. We have designed this specifically for teachers, forest school leaders, outdoor reccees, early child educators, and other change makers who are ready to leap into the big wide world of business. So if you want to take the guesswork out of starting from scratch and more importantly, if you want to avoid the three most common mistakes other people have made when they started their own nature play business, then head over to wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild dash business and check out our exclusive training to get you started on the right path towards creating your own nature play business that's deeply rooted in community values and purpose. Again, that's wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild dash business if you want to go and check that out. But today we're going to jump straight back into our interview. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. So what's your goal moving moving forward for New Dreaming Art? So I would love to um, potentially, hopefully in the next couple of years, just be supported a bit more with um, mainstream schooling mm-hmm. and just having us come in or and me and my husband were talking about our our collaboration workshops that we do with sound and art and movement um and that's it's just basic knowledge too it's just it's it's allowing those kids to op- have those questions to open their door to 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 go home and be like, I want to learn more about this because obviously there's so many different nations of um, Australian First Nations people and we all have different practices. We all use our culture in different ways and just providing children with that basic information um, allows them to go no matter where they come from. They might be on holidays here and doing a workshop, so they'll go back to their their home and be like oh uh, let me find out the traditional owners of where we're living today and maybe go sit and have a yarn with the elders there and learn and just learn a bit more about the art and the symbols from that space and so I would really like to sort of like the ripple effect of just starting something and then letting that move and just get bigger and bigger out but in such a culturally safe way where you know both and push for more Indigenous workers in schools, like right. having black workers teach black 
history and black culture yeah um, I find it very hard that and and it's in my space as well that when I go to schools and I see these liaison officers and they're beautiful at what they do but they're non-indigenous so they really can't relate to what the system what our system and what our culture is they've been they've been taught it at university and that's fantastic but you haven't lived it no. you haven't lived you don't know what it's like to be m- marginalized in society you don't know what it's like to go home to a low economic system housing or grow up in an abusive space so when you have these people who are trying to tell these children or teach these kids these certain things about something that they don't understand it gets really like Oh. Yeah, we 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 feel unheard because there are mob out there, all over the Sunshine Coast, all over Australia that are happy to fill that space. Yeah, but yet that's where that gap hasn't been filled, and it's like you you're talking about reconciliation and closing the gap, but you're still the bridge is still there, and you're still not letting us walk over. Yeah. You're still saying you have control over this because we're white and superior, as opposed to there's probably, you know, there's there's so much mob I know out there who have gone to uni to do these workshops yeah. and to facilitate these spaces, but we're still not letting us come in. So it's like, ah, oh, what else do we have to do? What we do is we start our own businesses and start our own programs for then for us to get invited to these beautiful things like podcasts and mm. um, artist speaking talks or just community talks and sharing this so then that way people can go back to their spaces and go hey we've got to get these people on um on board because they know the system they know what we're what we want to share but i think it's just i think it's also more um it's more effective when it's coming from someone who has felt and and lived it um especially the child safety space Mm. um we we have such a high incarceration percentage we're 50 percent yet we're only four percent of the nation but 50 percent of that is in jail from the ages of 10 and they'll go there till they're 17 and then after that they don't know anything else because they're not educated they're not taught anything they're not taught culture and um, they're not taught respect and there's no help once you get out either to you know reconnect with community and and find your way it, it's no easier to go back in there's so many businesses that are um here and there as opposed to you know it, and it is hard it's hard for us um as a as one mob as as we say it uh, to move forward and 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 be okay with what society has put us in that square box when really we come from a circle we come from a circle that is 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 more about sharing and acknowledging our our truth and our um, understanding in life because it goes around. We don't come from a square. So trying to put a, you know, that old saying, trying to put a um, a round peg in a square box, yeah. it just it doesn't fit, does it? So that's how that's how our understanding in life does. Mm. And I said, and I think once more people get a hold of that and ha- have acceptance of that, we can move forward better as a culture, as a collective, as as a nation. We're still so new. Um, we're still so new and we celebrate these this silly day that 
uh, that is still going to divide us for the rest of our lives if we don't stop it. Mm. Um, and and that's not I'm not being um, uh, reverse racist either. I am being no, no such thing. You know, I have to say to some people, how would you feel if um, your your grandparents died, and then someone had a party in your front yard yeah. the day she died? How would you feel about that? Seriously, it drives me batty that it's even an argument. And I'm like, exactly. How would you feel if you know? Um, so if you if you can understand, because that was only two generations ago for me. Mm. That's two hundred years ago. That's only two generations ago. That's not. It's not. It's not in the past. No. My great great grandparents that went through that. And how would you like it if someone came and stole your house, burnt it to the ground, murdered everybody in it, and then had a party in it? You know. Yes. Like- and and you know and and also teaching the children as well. I'm like, well, and and not to go into the dark side of things, but it's its history. It needs to be said. No, we need to. We're still removing black children from their mm. homes. Mm-hmm. It's just new age. It's just the new way to do it. Mm. You're not helping those parents get the support they need in their parenting. You just you think that that's the wrong way. Um, and like I said earlier about the kinship, about everyone being a parent. If you if you're born into this world um, and that generation of your mother and your father, their brothers and sisters are mum and dad as well. Um, and that's why we say auntie, uncle for everybody. Um, and that's why we acknowledge elders and because we do have a high rate of, of death in this country even now um, with we have, you know, poor poor health. We we are the low we you know we don't live as long as as non-indigenous people live um maternal deaths and childbirth deaths yes it and and it's something that um because we do have those supports there but they're they're so clinical and colonial and we're not sterile and clinical people we're open and warm people and i think once that that is taken away as a culture we're just heard then I think people would have a lot more understanding and we're not ungrateful and we don't get free stuff. Oh, God, I wish that would disappear, the myths about that. I I heard um, a beautiful friend speak the other day about people sit and judge from just because of the colour of their skin and you'll sit and judge that that one black fella in the middle of town that is stumbling and drinking but if... You know, if the, we flip the script, script, and how many white followers we see tumbling and and drinking and vomiting on the streets after a night out in the clubs at Ocean Street. Every sport event ever. Every sport, you know, you you'll go and laugh and video um, mob in the park fighting about whatever they're fighting about. But you you know you you've got you know every pub on a Saturday night in every small town there's a fight, mm-hmm. but nothing. No, so it's just it's just having that um, taking away that idealistic idealistic version of what you think is wrong. The hypocrisy, as of opposed it. to it's happening everywhere. Yeah, but you don't see it because you're focused on whatever the narrative is being told about that community, whether it's Chinese, whether it's Muslim, whether it's African. There's always a negative script on us as a minority. But if we really told the story from our point of view about what, then wow, yeah. we're the worst 
people in the world for for picking that out. Well, and all the support systems are built for white Australians. They're not made for any other culture. So how do we expect these support systems to work for other cultures when they're purposely built for white people? It's just so backwards. And and I think and that's about learning and doing these beautiful workshops that we provide. And because it is, it's about all inclusive. It's about loving and acknowledging people from no matter what ancestry they come from but it's also about acknowledging the country we're on and bringing people together because we are a new country Mm. um we're still the oldest living country in the world and we still will be for the rest of the whatever is in earth's futuristic journey whatever you however you wherever you come from whether it's spiritual whether it's religious whether it's non that's what i would like to implement into school systems um would just be that first nations culture is being taught by first nations people yeah. um, can i add there is it is it know your country one of those beautiful not-for-profits which is first nations run to mm. um, is doing a great big petition for that is is getting first nations educators yeah schools so if you've got well, yeah, you've got two minutes. Please jump on there and go and sign it and put your put your money where your mouth is. Yes, be an ally and help out there. And also, get up are doing really great work about the um, juvenile detention age too. Because we've got is it we the youngest in the world or something horrific like that? Yeah, well, yeah, I think the youngest they found that the youngest boy was eight years old who was incarcerated. Oh, yeah. And do you know what these these. <sighs> I mean, from community, like I didn't, I was so, I was so lucky not, I haven't been in that, I've, I have lived in a low, low economic system space, but to grow up in a mission or a community that have completely been forgotten about, and this is like third world living, mm-hmm. this is not something that is happening overseas, this is happening in our country, and it doesn't get shared. I grew up near a couple of missions and it's horrific, the, the blind eye that's turned. Yeah, and it's just like, and again, our government system was set up for us to fail as a culture, as as a human existence. Well, you know, colonizers came over to destroy yeah. us completely, to wipe us out, and they did it violently and irrationally, and used our kindness against us um, as a culture yeah. and. And if you go onto country and if you go into those communities that are dry and you sit with these beautiful elders and um, and mob that haven't haven't been open to touching alcohol or drugs, um, you you do find that it is so welcoming and we provide a say you know even as a culture I, I, I've always been told to share. I've always, I've always shared. We, my friends, when they were going through trouble as teenagers, my auntie would take them in, and they would stay with us while you know they were sorting stuff out with their parents. We did. I did have trouble with the alcohol and drugs growing up, and seeing my family members go up and down through life. Um, I acknowledged that when I was going through mine, um, but I thought, you know, I also thought to myself, I don't want this life for my children or my future. Or my brothers and sisters to see. Um, they saw me go through it too, and they saw me come out the other end. Mm. So, and every day is still a struggle. I'm not saying that I'm 
um, I'm some guru sitting on a pedestal going, I'm cured and I want to, <laughs> you know, I just want to share real real stuff. And that makes a difference, doesn't it? Because it is hard. It is it is hard and there's been times where um, I have I have fallen and I have um, fallen in that space when it comes to alcohol for myself is my biggest my biggest um, challenge and but it's been aware and I know that and I'm also not in the same space as I was years ago um, I've worked through I've, I think majority of my trauma there's still a lot to unpack but I'm being aware is probably being the strongest um, thing I've taken away from being a parent as well and being kind to myself. Such big and hard work. Like kudos to anyone walking walking that path. It's it's a lot of lot of hard work and energy. And and look look at your bub just loving on you and you know, she knows, they know. Yeah. Yeah, she's been she's she's definitely been my light, this little one. Like she has reset my whole like rebirth of life and how I look at things now, definitely, especially when it comes to the workspace and being okay, being okay with going, no, I'm not going to work now for another month. I just done like, we just done like a full week of work and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to take on anything that I can't handle anymore. And I also want to make sure that I'm taking the time out for these little ones as much as I can because it's going really fast. and. And structuring work and life around my family is probably the most important thing that I really want to project this year for the rest of the year. Is that one of the best parts of running your own business as a mother, would you say? Or, or what what would you say is the best part? Yeah. Our best part is is being, yeah, being flexible in where and also putting myself on where I where I feel my integrity lies as well. Um and learning to say no too because yes. that's okay. Like, no, I don't really feel like that's um, that's connecting with me or I don't feel like that's on my, on my vibrate. That's not what I'm about. So not just also doing it to get yourself out there but also making sure you're asking yourself. <laughs> I love it. And honestly, most women listening to this would just be like, oh, I can hear the baby. Like, my little heart's just going, oh. Um, but, yeah, just also, yeah, making sure you're having those big conversations going, is this the right fit for me? Am I just doing it because I want to succeed in my business or am I just am I doing it because I want to succeed as a human? Yes. Oh, quote of the day, Nikita. You know, making sure you're taking away that yeah that that's going to align with you and who you are and whatever your creative space is or whatever your business space is making sure that you are yeah where they are at otherwise it's not going to work and you'll end up being unhappy and hating your job again (laughs) which is why we left them in the first place So making sure, yeah, you have those big conversations with yourself about what your intention and where your integrity lies when it comes to holding space for people and doing stuff that you love, that you know that's not going to burn you out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so many things. I've got so many things to still ask you. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to keep going through, but what is the best way to connect to yourself and help local First Nations communities as well? Okay. You were saying before that we've got all these incredible First Nations community members and educators out there ready and raring with all this knowledge and passion. And yeah, I still hear, and I'm sure you hear it all the time. I can't find anyone. And I'm like, well, you're not trying hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's been, that's been one of my big um, challenges as um, such a social provider and a, um, I guess maybe I could say as in the best way I could say is go to your local community centre and seek out information from there because they normally have fir- like first contact with your traditional owners and mob. Um and there's this thing these days they call Google, and you can Google. What? Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> As love, my love-hate relationship with technology is I get asked so many questions about who to contact or who, and I'm like, I'm not getting paid to consult and I'm not being rude. No, you deserve to be paid for your time. I love sharing my knowledge, but if I'm going back to back through emails um, hour in, on a you know, it, it turns into hours sometimes having conversations um, or on social media. But it's like do the work and do the research. And it's yeah. so, it's the, it's it's at your fingertips, guys. Come on. For, you know, and this is where I'm not your computer base. I'm not your database. Mm-hmm. I only know what I know, but I also am not going to be somebody's um, stepping stone to personal assistant connect yes i need my own personal assistant i don't <laughs> would that be nice <laughs> he's just smiling <laughs> he's just like mom's just like blah 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 so i'll be your yeah. assistant i would also say council too you know council yeah. generally has a first nations advisor or consultant or a directory and they'll point you in the right direction too. Yes, and I think this is where um, it's super important that we get First Nations liaisons into this. Yeah. Um, sadly, I see a lot of liaisons that aren't, and it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just so yeah, connecting connecting with um, your local community members. Um, you can also. Um, it's 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 all there. It's all there. Um, libraries. If you want to learn about the country you're on, go to the libraries. Mm. Go to the First Nations Indigenous space. There's plenty of books from authors that are First Nations and non First Nations that have the information that are there um, as well. If if the internet isn't isn't your game either. Um, <laughs> and showing up. Like there's so many magic First Nations events. That's how I met you. We show, you know, we show up. And that's what this this year's um, NAIDOC yes. was get up shop and stand up. Yeah. You know, come to the rallies, um, support the nonprofit organisations. Um, Happy Box is also a beautiful um, organisation who sends personal products to um, young women in the communities oh. because we're so disconnected and un- and they don't get provided the same prices as we do. They pay up through the roof. So 
especially in Northern Territory, which I don't understand, um, and, and spaces in Queensland as well. There are um, spaces like Warabinda and Sherberg that are paying like $7 for a loaf of bread um, that is used by date. Um, the young women can't get um, women's products that like they're, they're $16 for, for a set of pads. Um, so, you know, connect with Happy Box. Connect with, I think, um, there's another I can probably share with you after as well. I'll do a couple of videos. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I'm going to do, I think, maybe at the end of the year, around Christmas time, I'm going to do a promotion and I'm going to auction off one of my paintings. Um, so everything, all the proceeds will go to um, a charity that if I organise it, which I would love, um, either suicide prevention or it would be out there to help communities that do need stuff, especially new mums that don't have the the funds to get these, na- like nappies, baby nappies out there for like $12 when they're $4 in our shop or $7 for a pack of 24. So, you know, mums, if, if your babies have grown out of a certain nappy size and you've got yeah. a cumulus, like amounts, you know, send them to the community centres, not just, and it's not even just First Nations mob, it's mums that are struggling. Mm. Um, we all know that climate has gone up and rent has gone up. Mm. There's so many homeless people at the moment that are just trying to find enough money to cover their rent, let alone to look after their babies, which is really sad. And I know down south where the floods have been too, they're still tr- struggling with um, nappies, formula. It, yeah. it's Yep. And there's and there's plenty of people call you know call Lismore Community Centre. Mm. Um, I think it's Corey Mail um, down in Bundjala Country. Oh, yes. um, yeah. They are a really high um, and they have a high um, social media presence and following. So you know connect with that mob down there. Um, Tweed Heads. Well. Their money goes direct, doesn't it? I think their their money and the products are going direct to First Nations. There's no admin fees taken out or anything. Yeah, they've they've done an incredible job through those floods. They ran they ran the whole operation. Yep, they didn't get any help from council, um, which is super sad. You know the it's yeah it's hard to find that. Um, being in a positive mindset when it comes to that mm. space as well and those of and and just those issues that are ongoing for Australians and 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 First Nation Australians that it's just like how much do we have to yell and scream until we get someone to hear us and I, can I thank you on behalf of all non-indigenous Australians for taking on that burden of educating white people because I, I can't imagine the, the mental toll that that takes but also knowing how important that is for everybody and I just want to thank you for that because you know we wouldn't be where we are without these incredible First Nations people like yourself stepping up taking on that burden and and making noise and educating our young ones you know it's it's incredible work that you're doing Nikita well, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, well, should we do a rapid-fire question so you can have some mummy time? Yes, go for it. All right. What's your favourite book of all time or podcast and why? Or sometimes that's hard to pick a favourite child. What are you currently reading or listening to? Because, you know, you're in early mumhood too. <laughs> um, 
reading and getting there, it's actually been a book that I've put up and down um, since I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea Watergo, and it's Another Day in Colony. Oh, wow. I haven't heard of that one. I've heard of Chelsea Watergo, though. Yes. Um, so it's I've, I'm halfway through it. It is very confronting. So if you're not ready to hear truth, then I wouldn't pick it up. Uh, we need to. We need to. I mean, as non-Indigenous people, I can't, again, that must be quite triggering. As non-Indigenous people, though, we need to hear that. Yes. And I am, because of Beautiful Horizon Fest, I am also reading with my children, Gayu and the friend, my Mr. Um, and friend, Mr. Pelican by Thank Annie Hope, who was First, Nata, First Nations um, artist, author. Mm, I'd like to get her on the podcast too. I only met her at Horizon Fest. Like again, just show up and meeting people. And she's just a. We had I had a beautiful opportunity um, two years ago of doing an art artist residency camp. Mm-hmm. So we got to stay down at um, Woodford um, at the grounds there on Unibar Country, um, and we got to stay there for five days and we like immersed ourselves in all different First Nations art practices and workshops and oh my god a week of with artists and I didn't have my baby um babies um at that point so it was just full it was full power I loved it more of that please how amazing is that um an every year thing is that something First Nations artists can apply for how did you just so we can put that out there for anyone listening the creative alliance oh yeah they organized it but um, the woman that did get the funding for the program is no longer working with um, them anymore. So we're trying to figure out another way we can um, get our our artists all together again as a as an annual thing, yeah. just so we stay connected. And it's just and that way. And then at the end, what we do is we just do a show showcase of all the we have done over the week, um, and it just allows. Um, different artists to experience different mediums as well um, and different ways to express. Transferring of knowledge there and, and ideas and it would be amazing. All right, where do you go and what do you do to reset after a rough day? Okay, so my big one is um, the Kalulubin Dam at the moment because that's where we live across the road from. Um, so I either go over by myself or I take my two babies and build a campfire, little little fire. I have a little ceremony to myself and speak my words and, and what I need to do to reset and ask my ancestors to ask my ancestors to guide me. Um, yeah, for and fill my cup back up in my energy. It's a magical space there. It's so tranquil, so peaceful there. Yes, it is. It's gorgeous. But, yes, definitely. Or I just use my healing cards and I just have a little moment, five minutes normally before everyone wakes up in the morning, take some deep breaths and do a bit of stretching. And that's my, yeah, that's my switch-off time. Beautiful. I need to do some of that today, I think. (laughs) All right. If you had to choose just one thing, and I know there's a million things, to change about the education system, what would it be? Oh, straight up, the truth. Yes, I love that. Just um, have the truth be told. Just the truth to be told. 
acknowledge it. Let's move on now and just, um, yeah, getting getting white Australia to understand we do have a black history. Yeah, and and it's a and it's a beautiful history. It doesn't have to, you know, what happened was sad, but we have a beautiful culture that we should embrace. And beautiful, it's incredibly inspiring people in all facets of culture and industry and careers and, you know, not-for-profit work and and on country. Just I wish there was more spotlights on the inspiring people and things that are happening rather than a focus on the sadder thing. And, yeah, learning the relationship that we had as a culture and we're still that we still have as a culture with our land, with our country, with um, who who, um, who we are. It is what we are. It is, Mother Nature's is who, who we are. The animals, the, the water, the leaves, the earth, the, the wind, we, that's, what, that's who we are. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to have you down at Wildling someday soon as well. Until then, where can we find out more about your work, Nikita? So um, I'm just on social media, Facebook and Instagram, which is newdreamingart at outlook.com or you can just go to newdreamingart.com and my um, website's up and it has all my up-and-coming things that are happening um, and links to my workshops and what we do as a, as a service, yes. And um, at the moment we are promoting me and my husband's cultural collaboration um, which is didgeridoo music therapy, and we have an interactive art and sound workshop that is um, provided for the young ones to get up and move their body and learn about the um, corroboree side of things with oh. a bit of movement and dance. Um, we don't do corroboree as it's, you know, um, it's not, I can't teach it, nor can um, Caleb, but we can teach you how to do the different movements so you have a better understanding when you're watching the corroboree um, on what animals and how they move in the in the dancing space. And we do um, a sensory touch with ochre and um, natural elements from the earth and teach about the healing properties that these plants and, um, and things provide for us. And Kayla plays didgeridoo, so he also gives a bit of knowledge about the Yadaki or the Yigi Yigi, depending what country you come from. Um, but, yeah, and he has his ancestry that lies up in Arnhem Land and Tasmania. Um, oh, north so and south. Has, yeah, north and south, and I'm right in the middle. So, <laughs> oh. um, so yes, and we have a beautiful, we we only share that we know and we have a very beautiful connection to this community and if, yeah, if anyone's around, um, we definitely will be sharing a lot more maybe to the end of the year after this term's done, um, family time now for a few months and then we'll be back in full force um, around the holiday time. Recharged, recharged and ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Definitely, everyone, make sure you check out Nikita on socials. Give her a follow and a like. And if you want to get in contact, shoot her an email. Give her a bit of rest for this term. <laughs> but start making contact now because you'll book out too, won't you? <laughs> yes, yes. It's been it's been one of those exciting moments where I've actually had to decline work. So 
makes me feel good, but it also makes me, I'm looking forward to getting back into it in the new year for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your truth and your vulnerability today. No worry. My share and um, I look forward to connecting with you in um, the, the old-fashioned way and face-to-face. Yeah, and, that'd be really yeah, nice. Lovely to uh, be a part of change. Yeah, hear, hear to that. Wow, so many important lessons in our chat with Nikita today. Connect, connect, connect. And by that we mean show up and stand up. Don't just take. Build relationships. You know, it's that old saying of it takes three cups of tea to get to nobody. So don't just expect to send a cold email to someone that you don't know and hope that they'll reply when they're really, really busy and quite often booked out. Uh, And remember how important it is to have First Nations community members teaching First Nations culture and art. So if you've got five minutes, please head to the show notes and sign the petition to, we've got a couple of things actually. First one is you can sign your school up to get First Nations educators into your school at knowyourcountry.com.au. We'd also really, really love you to sign the petition to raise the age of juvenile detention in Australia from 10 years to 14 years at raisetheage.org.au. Australia has one of the youngest ages of juvenile detention in the entire world. I have a 10-year-old son. I cannot imagine having that son taken away and put in a juvenile detention centre uh, and know that the, know the trauma that will come out of, of that happening in a 10-year-old's life, to be taken away from family, taken away from your parents. I don't actually really care what you've done at 10. <laughs> what you need is support systems. You don't need to be taken away from your family. So please go and sign that over at raiseorage.org.au. And also you can uh, choose to donate some hygiene products to First Nations mothers and women at happyboxesproject.com. All of these actions make a huge difference and these tiny little ripples, they do add up and create waves. So I'll put all of those um, addresses, those links in the show notes. Uh, But this is something you can do from your couch. You can do this while you're breastfeeding. You know, there's times when we take in our early years and our postpartum And there's times like me now where I'm out of that phase where I needed community to hold me and now I can hold community. We need to be allies, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, five bucks, a cup of coffee will make a big difference if we all do that. So please head on over and sign those petitions and donate if you can. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for donating, whether that's time or clicks or petitions or your cold, hard, very hard earned cash. Know, we are making a difference and I truly believe that parents and mothers in particular, but parents are what is going to change the world. So thank you for being here this week and until next week, stay wild. Mm-hmm.